A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, and you have no idea how glad I am to be on the Blizzard Watch podcast because it almost didn't happen this week. <sighs> I'm Matthew Rossi, and I am imagining to, I'm actually hosting, and it's a brilliant wonderland. I am so thrilled to be here, and I'm not even kidding. I may sound sarcastic, but I'm not. This is a, just a dream to get to be in front of my computer talking about Blizzard games. With me this week, as is usually the case, are two magnificent co-hosts. I'm going with magnificent this week because I'm just that excited. First up, she writes everything, she does everything, she's amazing, Ann Stickney. Ann, talk! Hi! Hi. I'm like stuck in a house with a couple of dogs and a couple of cats. Only one of the cats never shows its face. It just lives under the bed. Yeah. See, I, I've had that experience because this week I had to pack up all the cats again and take them to a motel overnight. And our cats, two of them, immediately go hide under the beds. Immediately, as soon as we get there. I'm I'm currently I'm house sitting. Mm-hmm. So for my for my aunt and my uncle, so I'm I'm here with like two giant blue healers that like to lick feet. I forgot yeah. the dogs like to lick feet, but they do, and they are relentless about that. <laughs> and, and then there's let's see, there's the big fluffy cat who anytime I go anywhere near the back end of the house, the cat is there automatically, and then. Uh, there's mouse and mouse lives under the bed. I didn't even know that mouse existed until about two years into my house sitting duties for my aunt and uncle. I, I house sat for them like, oh, I'd say a good dozen times or so over the course of those two years. And then I discovered the cat and I had to text my aunt and say, did you know you, that you have um, a third cat? <laughs> she was like, yes, it's been there all along. Why do you think that there was three food dishes? in the bathroom i'm like oh well yeah that would totally explain that but yeah this cat this cat just lives under the bed and she's very happy to see you like if you go look under the bed she'll purr and she says hello and you know she just won't come out well, the bed place, is her do- it, it's her domain yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay uh alex i'm also happy to see you and hear your voice what have you been doing alex talk talk alex, what have alex. Been doing? i've been sitting here in silence while talking about cats and looking at my cat sitting behind me um, so you, your cat looks so much like one of my cats 
that it's kind of terrifying, to be completely honest. Yeah, I, like, I, bought, time... this, I bought this desk treadmill you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, and I put it in front of the windows in my office so he can't jump up on top of it anymore. He used to jump right into the window. Mm-hmm. So now he'll sit down next to the desk on the treadmill and cry until I pick him up and put him on top of it so we can look out the windows. Oh, well, he knows what he wants. And that's where he is right now. He's laying up there staring out the window. Well, I have spent a horrible couple of days. I haven't been able to do my daily, so I'm short on the Pexus Crystals, and I'm grumpy as heck. And let's talk about games. First up, we should probably talk about the new Overwatch character, right? I guess. Well, we could. The reason I want to talk about him is because I did a little bit of in- investigative sleuthing, and I found out that this is not a new character. No? No, this you is You need to very- link me. I'm going to link you. Right All right. there. It seems Ooh. like what you discovered it is. Yeah. Like, that was my gut instinct when I saw it. So yeah. do you wow. want to explain what it is? Sure. If, if you guys are listening, and uh, if you're not listening, I have no idea how you're hearing my voice. Perhaps it's finally being beamed into people's heads. That would be nice. But no, if you go to sonsofthestorm.com, um, there's a thing called report slash underscore soldier76.html. It turns out that this is a character that Chris Smetson has had in his head for quite some time. He's kind of a cybernetic version of Captain America. Wow, this must be pretty pretty old because... Um, yeah, I like how it, it starts. It says it is the year it's 2010. The year 2010. Yeah. You know, it's actually five years past that. A nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's set in the year 2010. So I don't know when this was put on the site. But it's a char- apparently a character that Chris Metzen's had in his head for a while, and now he's brought it to life. If you look in the Overwatch um, pr- pr- you know, reveal for the character that they've done, he's very he does very much fits that Captain America cyborg aesthetic. He's kind of got the red, white, and blue colors. Uh, I was even gonna the- say he kind of he kind of felt a little Winter Soldier to me, you know, that kind of thing. Super yeah. Soldier, blah blah blah. He's, he's definitely. I think the seventy six is pretty obviously a reference to you know the. 1776 yeah so there's a lot of interesting little the fact that it's basically a callback to something that he's he's had going in his head for years it's pretty interesting it's starting to i'm starting to get the sense that overwatch is basically the superhero comics that chris metzen always wanted to write but never got the chance to a lot of these guys are just like jamming out ideas and using ideas they've had sitting around or using comic book tropes to do their own thing but yeah, I was pretty happy that I found that little bit, so I thought I would mention it to you guys on the podcast. You can head over to Sons of the Storm and see the kind of genesis of the character. It's in a lot of ways, it's very much not what Overwatch is. Like if you look at his backstory, it is not the Overwatch universe. So I'm sure they've changed it to fit, you know, the new setting that they have. But yeah. it's definitely, you know, he was definitely something he's been running with for a long time. So. Somebody should link that link in the chat channel. I would do so, except that I can't log into Twitch right now because I'm on a laptop and I don't remember what my password is. I just did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's basically if if you you know we're gonna have a post up on that soon, and they've been talking about it. they've got a video for it and everything. By the time that you hear this podcast, if you're not listening to it live, you will probably already see the reveal on our site, so you get a chance to look at it. It's basically you know he's an he's a standard offense character, uh, but his his I don't want to say Milou, his uh, kit, his character model, it's based all around, you know, this. it's the kind of very Captain America as a cyborg. I keep saying that because that's what it he's is. He's wearing, I mean, he looks like he's wearing a windbreaker and sweatpants. Yeah, but they're red, uh-huh. white, and blue. Yeah. 
<laughs> Although the windbreaker and sweatpants to describe what is basically generic video game body armor. Right. And that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like, I have no problem with a character like Soldier 76 being in Overwatch, like having a standard shooter character that does standard FPS one things. Or two of those, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Like, they need to have one, and people who want that kind of experience to be able to play this character, that's great. But they were hyping this guy for, what, two to three weeks? And now yeah. that they reveal, he's normal FPS guy. I'm like, wow, that's the most disappointing I'm thing ever. Excited. I'm just excited that they were they mentioned Overwatch Grand Mesa. And I'm yeah. kind of hoping that they incorporate that into a new map because I sort of live where the Grand Mesa is at. Like, I could look out the back door right now and, and see the Grand Mesa right there. So, yeah, that was kind of... It was a weird moment for me when I read that news release and it said, reporting from Grand Junction, Colorado. I'm like, what? Are you guys spying on me? What's going on? It's weird. Yeah, it's, I was actually reading. They had a post a couple of days ago um, about basically more about the backstory of Overwatch, where it came from, like what what the setting is. It mm-hmm. was actually kind of fun. Um, I don't remember exactly the character they're looking for. I want to say Lieutenant Jack, but I don't remember the guy's name, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But he's like the missing guy that no one he died, no one knows. It was all very very mysterious, and that was part of the end of Overwatch. Jack Morrison. Thank you. Yes, I was just reading that, and that's it's kind of an interesting little background. And I think the Soldier seventy six character. I'm not going to spoil anything because I don't know anything, but I think the Soldier seventy six character definitely might feature in with that. I think that may be why they hyped it so much. Like I mean, you mentioned it before. It's it's it might be the Winter Soldier thing as opposed to the Captain America thing. Yeah, Yeah. but I like. I liked speaking, going back to the whole Grand Mesa thing, that post that you did, Alex, where you kind of went into the history yeah, of the area. Somebody finally noticed uh, that's actually Mount Garfield and not That's Mount Grand Garfield. Mesa. That's the book cliffs. <laughs> I, I mean, I found it. Okay. I went to Flickr looking for free for commercial use images. All right. And I found this one. It's like, this is a beautiful picture. And the description is like, Grand Mesa, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, it's Grand Mesa. Great. And it was used in a Wired article. So I looked at the Wired article and says, this is Grand Mesa. Apparently it's not. Yeah, I saw that the post was live. And then I went to look at the post just to see what the post was. And I saw the headline image. And I said, that is so not the Grand Mesa. That's the book list. It's like right next door. But <laughs> I can't find any pictures of Grand Mesa that are as good as that picture of Mountain Garfield. It's like, eh, it's good enough for Wired. It's good enough for me. Um, I'm afraid all my photos of the Grand Mesa are of like snowbanks and things like that from, because my dad and I, we do like an annual trip where we go up there to find the snow, usually in May, somewhere in there. And we find snow. We find a lot of snow. But uh, yeah, I don't really have any good shots of just the mountain by itself. I mean, Sorry. for some reason, like there's all kinds of great pictures of all the other mountains and everything in that area, but you look for pictures of Grand Mesa itself and it's people's crappy Polaroids or something. It's their like, Polaroids. And then it's Polaroids also, on Flickr? it's also, uh, that people tend to take pictures cause there's a lot of reservoirs up there. So people tend to take pictures of like the reservoirs and things like that. And the, the you know, the overlooks, but they don't take pictures of the whole mountain because the mountain is, Big. When they say that it's the world's largest flat top mountain, they they mean it. It's a very very large mountain. <laughs> it's hard to get it all in one shot, you know. But so yeah. in my in my universe, in my canon, Mount Garfield is Grand Mesa. Okay, well you're wrong. <laughs> okay, not to not to keep this derail this I'm fascinating from conversation. Where, 
Alex doesn't know what geology is and doesn't geography <laughs> is and doesn't care. Uh, but also, we should probably mention that Stephen Frost is now working at Blizzard. Uh, for those of you who don't remember Mr. Frost, he worked on uh, a lot of things, including Wildstar. Well, he was the design producer at Wildstar? Yes. I believe so, yeah. And yep. um, he was also a level designer at WayForward, you know, Way Forward, but that's not really all that important. Uh, what is important is that he is now a design producer over at World of Warcraft, so if you if you played Wildstar and liked it, um, Mr. Frost is now working on WoW. So uh, hopefully that'll help make some changes in WoW. <laughs> I, I think we should also stress that he's a, a producer and not a designer. He's a design producer. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's probably more involved in workflow and keeping people on task. As so opposed in to other words, you're telling me that subjects. the letter I was composing that said, dear Mr. Frost, I need double jump and wow, like now I should just delete that. I mean, you can still send it. It'll probably go in the garbage. But yeah, probably. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's also something in the news. And I think finally we should mention this thing that Anne linked, because I think it's important to point out that we might be getting a new Hearthstone expansion this month. Um, we might hear about it as soon as July 22nd. Uh, Anne, do you want to explain skeptical. this? Well, let Anne talk first, and then okay. you can be skeptical. Okay, so um, PC Gamer got a thing in the mail, and they actually put a YouTube video of this thing that they got in the mail. I'm glad that they put the YouTube video up, because the explanation was really weird. It's this cardboard tube, and when you open it, trumpets played, and there was a little scroll in it, and the scroll said that there was, it was like, uh, what was it? Champions are gathering from around the world to witness the next exciting thing Hearthstone has in store. News travels far and wide in search of brave new faces ready to answer the call to arms. Are you one of them? Muster for battle and mark July 22nd on your calendar. The next bit of news won't come by carrier pigeon. Thankfully, we have much better ways of communication now. Victory awaits. And it was just this little scroll. That's all it was. Now, PC Gamer, they pointed out that the last time that they had any kind of an expansion reveal with that was with goblins versus gnomes they got a tube that had blueprints in it in the mail so this is the second time they've gotten a weird piece of mail and if hearthstone is doing i mean they did nax and then they did goblins versus gnomes and then they did black rock mountain and it kind of stands to reason that they might be doing another expansion again yeah i mean i'm not if it is another expansion i'll be excited that's awesome and i hope it is at the same yeah. time, looking at the format of this item, it could very well be we're inviting people to a new tournament format or another like global event thing. It looks like an invitation as opposed to... It might be. It's just the only, the only reason I'm leaning towards it's like an expansion or something very much game-related is because, like I said, you know, the goblins versus gnomes, that thing was also a scroll item, a weird right. little item that they got in the mail. Um, and just judging from the whole, the little horns and everything else, I keep thinking Argent Tournament or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, I think that's a lot, a lot of people are thinking. Like, it could definitely be an Argent Tournament type of expansion. And if it is, like I said, that'll be awesome. And I'm totally there. Yeah. But I know the invitation thing, I also know Blizzard really likes pushing esports. And I'm like, well, maybe we're all going to be disappointed because it's like come to Hearthstone Global Championship or whatever, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, that pretty much covers the big top news of the day that we're going to talk about. Um, so we'll move on to the 
emails. Um, as always, if you have an email, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We love getting emails. We love answering emails. Um, I'm going to fumble reading the emails even worse than I normally do because I didn't get a chance to read any of these until like five minutes ago. And I apologize for that, um, but we'll do the best we can. First email is from Bruce, and Bruce included a pronunciation guide, so I love Bruce with all of my heart and soul. You missed um, the first email. Oh, I did. You're right. It's too small. Yeah. Well, we'll go back to that one because I just talked up Bruce. Okay. Um, quick question for the group. Do you think that the shift to faster expansions and fewer patches will have a major impact on the ability to tell diverse stories? I keep wondering if the if the Warlord model is the new model, if we won't essentially just be dealing with two act plays, and if that leaves very little room for the expansion of tangential lore, and if this will mean story-wise, the, the expansions will become very, very similar from here on out in format. Thanks, all. And that's from Bruce. Uh, anyone want to answer this one first? Uh, I don't... I think... Uh, and you go while I formulate what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. The shift to faster expansions doesn't exactly mean that the story needs to like fall by the wayside or anything like that. Um, and I'm, I talked about this on Twitter actually the other day because um, people were talking about, you know, shorter expansions in general. You could do a really good story in a short expansion, but you have to make sure, like, all of those pauses that you would normally take in a longer story, you can't afford to do that anymore. So what you have to do when you're approaching, you know, a year-long story or something like that, as opposed to, like, a a two-and-a-half-year-long story or whatever, is you have to make sure that each moment and each beat in that story counts and has some kind of meaning. And I think Warlords kind of fell by the wayside in that aspect because there, there's plenty of times where you're there at max level going, well, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? You should never – if you have time to ask what am I doing here, the story's failed. You should always know why you're there, why you're doing what you're doing. And the thing is, is like a shorter expansion like that, there's the potential for some really tight storytelling if they approach it from the right angle. So I'm kind of looking forward to that shift if they approach it correctly. See, I'm going to go slightly against what you're saying because I have a slightly different opinion. Okay. Uh, First off, I think one of the things that will be a casualty if they actually manage to start doing faster expansions is stuff like, like old war style patches where the, you know, it's tangential at best old war. Like some, some of the best storytelling blizzard has ever done has been in their tangential stuff. Like a lot of the times, yeah. On garage, old war, um, in cataclysm, you didn't really have it. Mist was almost all tangential stuff. Well, no, it was just act one, act two. Act one happened to be about Pandaria focused, and then act two was more, it led into... Act two was still Pandaria focused. I mean, the the Thunder King is very much a Pandaria villain. It's it's, honestly, for me, the problem with Mist of Pandaria is I love it up until Siege of Orgrimmar, and Siege of Orgrimmar just doesn't feel as much fun because it's now it's, oh, now we're going back. Okay. Whereas the first two feel very much, but but I just my my biggest worry is that they will lose stuff like that stuff that was you know, Burning Crusade kind of doesn't ever have like none of the raids feel like I don't know how to put this like Burning Crusade doesn't none of the raids feel like these are the serious raids these are the vacation raids every BC raid it doesn't feel linked up the same way but they all feel like they're going along a like you do this to go here here leads you to here here leads you to here and like I you do Karazhan that- to do. But the thing is, like, 
wasn't part of that the fact that there was, you know, requirements to go from one tier of rating to the next tier of rating? Yeah, but there was also quests that took you there, too. The quests right. told you why you were going there, at least. I don't know. I, I have this problem with the idea of... I've never actually had a problem with two-year expansions. My problem was with, always with the with the lulls. Like, it's... For me, Miss isn't Miss isn't too long. When you talk, when you actually look at the amount of content they put out, that's not what's too long. What's too long is there's a, pa- a final patch for Mists, and then nothing. Fourteen until, months of nothing. Yeah, that's the problem. Not that you know the the last patch. What I want to see them do is just get rid of the nothing. Just you don't have to do a shorter expansion or short. You know, you can have because like, we haven't really had a shorter expansion this time around. We just have. It feels like it's missing. That a middle lot. patch, and it just feels like it, it's missing that patch that they did, like when they did an entire patch between uh, between the you know Thunder King and the the launch of Siege of Orgrimmar. They did an entire patch which was just go to the Barrens. You know, remember? See, I, I mean, this feels like a problem only World of Warcraft has, like it has created <sighs> for itself. Because like yeah. any other kind of game, MO or otherwise, like a new expansion comes out or a new game comes out, it has its story. It has a start and a finish right in the box you buy. And then they do the DLC. And then there's the tangential stuff where it's like, okay, we completed the whole arc. But in this DLC, we're going to go blow up the moon or whatever you do in a DLC. And it has nothing to do with the main plot. WoW could be doing that where you buy the box. I bought World as a Drainer. The beginning of it is when I step on the Drainer. The end is when I finish the contents of the box. The patch comes out, or the DLC, or whatever, and I get another story that is self-contained and maybe leads into the next thing. But WoW stretches this out where you have no ending, and you wait 6 to 12 months for the next part, and you get maybe an ending, and you've forgotten what happened in the first place because you waited a year for it. See, I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily, necessarily in agreement with you exactly, but I think that you're right in that because of the way that they do it, you, you don't get to see the ending until like six to eight months at the minimum from when you get to like max level because the you just said, you know, that you buy it, you, you get patch 6.0 when you buy the game essentially. Yeah. You play up through all of 6.0, you get to the raids that you get in 6.0, and then you are basically done until the next patch. And that's, I don't know how to fix that. It would feel, maybe it would feel better if we felt like at the end of of uh, Hellfire, not Hellfire, sorry, the end of uh, Blackrock Foundry, if that felt like an actual defeat. Like my if biggest it problem felt with meaningful. It's yeah. like I said, you have to have those meaningful moments, and for whatever reason, Warlords is missing all of those meaningful beats of story. But Things honestly, just happen. They just happen. And there you're just been, like, left there to react to them without giving being given any kind of context whatsoever, really. Yeah, I feel like there should have been a cinematic when you beat Blackhand. And I don't it should know have if been there a big been a cinematic. I think oh. that there should have been like some some sort of story, some sort of quest chain. Not necessarily an attunement, but I like you know when you're talking about Burning Crusade, how it felt like all of the raids kind of tied together. I think that a lot of it had to do with the fact that there was that whole attunement chain. And yeah, the attunement itself kind of kind of sucked because trying to get, you know, 25 people all on the same page and doing the same thing in the same quest chain that had all of these steps in it, that was a pain in the butt, right? As well, a raider. Yeah, but, they, but they threw the baby out with the bathwater there. They, yeah. they didn't have to get rid of the quests. They just had to get rid of the thing where you had to do well, them to do the next Well, that's what I'm trying dungeon. to say, Rossi, is that 
the main reason the main reason that those worked together so well and linked together so well was the fact that they had those interlocking stories that went from raid to raid and i'd love to see that come back again not as an attunement where it's like you have to do this chain to go to the next raid but as something that it very deliberately links one tier of rating to the next so that you always know what page you're on. You always know where you're at in that story and you don't have that opportunity to say, why am I here? Why don't I just go home? Yeah, well, for that matter, why can't – when we did um, – I can't remember the high the, – the ogre place, whatever it's called. High ogre. High we mall. do high mall. I'm still not yeah. sure why we went there. Why can't we like go to high mall because – Okay, the High Mall Ogres are currently in the Iron Horde. We know this. They've been impressed into service by the Iron Horde. Why can't we go there because High King Molgar has something? Do we know something? that? Yeah, it's in the story that they published it's in the short seven story months later. Like, game. After. Oh, it's not <laughs> I'm Loremaster of Draenor in game. I have yeah. no idea why we went to High Mall. What is that's this my, about? That's my point. <laughs> Instead of it just being, let's go fight some ogres, why couldn't it be, okay, here, a simple quest, like, just at your garrison, you, you know, you go up to whoever your garrison person is, and they're like, okay, we know that the High Mall Ogres are working for the Iron Horde. I want to know why. So go kill kill as many of them as you can. Get me information. And you see, you collect, you know, five notebooks from like various bosses. And the notebooks are clickable items that have like little chunks of story in them. Maybe they even have the short story that they featured on the webpage. Only it's an in-game item so you don't actually have to alt-tab out because that would be pretty cool too. Just you know. Ogre diaries. Ogre diaries. diaries. <laughs> Anything that you, you go kill High Mo- the High King Molgar, you, th- then it says, you know, you get a new quest. Okay, Molgar is making these elemental weapons for the Iron Horde. You need to stop the means of production of these weapons. Uh, he's already given the plans to the Blackrock Orcs, so we got to take this to the Foundry. You've got to go in and shut the Foundry down. Dismantle and then you go, yeah. you go and you do that, and when you shut down the Foundry and you kill Blackrock, there's a tiny little cinematic, and he's like, you know, Gromash will destroy you for this. And, you know, it, it makes sense. It leads to the next thing. The other problem I'm having, and this is specific to Warlords of Draenor, and I was actually thinking about writing about this in terms of the old gameplay Trump's lore argument and how maybe I think it actually embitters the, the players, is that Patch, I, I actually like that Gul'dan is taken over. I don't have a problem with that, but it comes out of nowhere. It comes it's, out of nowhere. If you did like the gas campaign. Right. It's like that whole bit. You know, um, in Wrath of the Lich King, where the, the Lich King keeps showing up and he's like, oogie boogie, oogie boogie, whatever. And you go to confront him. And then during his fight, he says, yeah, that's the whole reason I let you all go is because I was making sure you got really strong so I could kill you. And now you're my army. And that totally made sense to me because I follow everything I religiously. Boring, but, okay. but yeah, well, and the thing is, yeah, it didn't really strike the right note. It could have been written a little more elegantly, but there was that tie there, right? If we'd been shown more of that tie as we were, you know, where he wasn't just saying oogie boogie, where he dropped hints as to what his plan was, that's fine. Gul'dan just kind of comes out of nowhere, knows everything already, knows that Garrosh is is Gromash's son. There's well, no indication why Gul'dan knows this information. In one of those recent interviews, didn't they straight up like specifically say the plot of the game changed? Yeah, but that's yeah. not an excuse, Alex. You changed the plot of the game. Congratulations. Right. Now go but back they and put it. in. Yeah, but go back but and they put changed in. Changed it poorly. 
Yeah. yeah. Go back in he, and he, put in a few beats where, where it makes sense that Gul'dan knows us. Have Gul'dan show up a few times. Have, Gul'dan could be as simple as during one of those quests where you fight Gul'dan, have Gul'dan say, excellent, you're doing exactly as I planned. That's, I mean, that's hammy, but it's better than nothing. I'll yeah, take ham over nothing. It, it kind of feels like they had finished the base expansion and set up one story, and when they decided to change it, it was after they had released that, and it's like, okay, you already did that. You can't change it anymore. First off, you can because they can always patch and put in new stuff. Uh, secondly, it doesn't matter. We, we still needed something between 6-1 and 6-2 where, where it made sense that Gul'dan has literally come out of nowhere and taken over the Iron Horde. Like I yeah. said, you need to make – if you're going to do a shorter expansion like this, you need to make sure that every moment has some kind of meaningful impact because otherwise your players are just going to get completely lost and whatever – vestige of story that you would put together is just kind of wasted and the other thing that i'm kind of like i don't know well we can talk about that later we could we've been going on and on over one email here so we should probably we should move on to we should move on to 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 daisimelin daisimelin does that make sense daisimelin i think it's daisimelin uh asks where do souls go in wow twisting nether emerald dream uh, to answer your question, what happens is souls travel through the Twisting Nether and the Emerald Dream, and then they go to the Black City. Oh, wait, wrong game. No, I have no idea. They and? feed your raid leader. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> they think, are what keeps him going. <laughs> I don't think WoW has established one place. Like It seems like the light has kind of a heaven place, but they never explicitly say. Yeah, because there's that uh, whole thing with Bread and Bread in, yeah. uh, in Wrath where the Naru take him to... Wherever, they wherever, wherever he's supposed to go, which man. it turns out they just take him to Naru Lounge, and he's stuck with a whole bunch of Naru for eternity. He's like it's like in that one scene in Beetlejuice, yeah, where they're sitting in the waiting room with the ticket. It's just Naru. It's just Brian Red and all these Naru. Hey, what are we doing around here? There. Hey, George. So the light has some kind of like heaven place that isn't really described ever, but night elves become wisps, and. Uh, I don't know. I don't think there's a place that souls go. Yeah, it, it, whatever it is, it's never been particularly explained. Uh, we know that they can be drained by you know evil magic, can do horrible things to them. We've seen um, even if just in this expansion, if you're running around doing the the ruins of Shinar, you see souls being like tortured, and you can free them. And that that's always fun. And so yeah, it seems like if you die on Drainer. Yeah, if you if die in Draenor, you don't Draenor, have to go anywhere. It's different than if you die in Azeroth somehow. It's yeah, it's it's there's a lot of um Draenor definitely has that Final Fantasy ten esque feeling to it where like dying is awesome, it makes you stronger and more powerful and everyone should do it. Because like you there's... know, I've got like twelve ghosts in my garrison and they're my best followers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like it, it's I don't think there's really any sort of defined afterlife type thing and that's probably for the best considering how many of Warcraft's major players come back from the dead so yeah. you know we know that Sylvanas apparently went someplace really bad when she died uh, and she saw she only darkness before her which coincidentally was also what Arthas saw so did she see Arthas briefly I thought she, she did yeah. she did and she mm-hmm. was really mad about that <laughs> tracks her eternity with Arthas yikes <laughs> You're yeah, going um, to destroy yourself. Okay, we're going to put you in the same afterlife that Arthas is in because, you know, it wasn't enough that he tortured you while you were alive and then unlive. 
whatever. The the light in the darkness, like the, they've changed a lot of things, like any explicit Christian references that used to be in the early Warcraft games, but some things are definitely still analogous to Christian mythology in the light. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next email is from, uh, I think, Lithilia. Lithilia from Garona, uh, Blood Elf Shadow Priest. Hello, Watchers. Hearthstone question for the podcast. Now that Blizzard is adding alternative heroes for Hearthstone, what other alternate heroes would you like to see added to the game? Also, do you think Blizzard will ever add other classes to Hearthstone, such as Death Knight or Monk? If so, what heroes do you think would be chosen to represent the, cl- the class? Love the show and keep up the good work. Uh, Lithilia, Garona. Hmm. Uh, I think for Death Knights, if they ever added them for Hearthstone, they should go... I was going to say, actually, no, they should go with the uh, Horde and Alliance ones. Really? The Sarian and his buddy, whose name I never remember, but the, the Horde seemed to like him a lot. Hmm. Just because, you know, they, they make it more personal. If you make it Mograine, yeah. it's too... He's too big. He's like the big daddy. Well, the Paladin is Uther. I mean, come yeah, on. But, <laughs> eh, okay. I but I don't think Uther's very popular. Uh, I don't, you know. No, but he's like the leader of the Silver Hand, right? Which was the original paladin organization. So it only makes sense way. thematically that they would go with Darian. That, no, if we're going that way, then it should be Terran Gorfiend. Eh. But it depends on what, what iteration of Death Knight you're going for. Are you going for Gul'dan's mangled version or are you going for the Lich King version? So, yeah. I, I, I honestly... I think it would be kind of cool, this whole July 22nd announcement thing, if the expansion, like, if they are doing an expansion or something like that, if they incorporated a new class. I think it'd be fun. Um, I don't know, for monks, I mean, monks have not been in the game very long, and all the real big monk figures we have are either from the Wandering Isle or Pandaria. Just do Chen. Yeah. I am so tired. I am so tired. You know what? Make Make it Lee Lee, and I'll go with you. Lili. <laughs> Lili is funny. Chen just, I'm tired of Chen. Oh, God. I, could, I, could, I could hear Lili's voice actress actually doing the lines. The whole, all yeah. the little callback things. That would be pretty entertaining. But yeah. Uh, as for like other classes though, Alex, you got anything? Um, I don't have a direct quote, but I have it in my head. I think I remember it that they specifically said they won't be adding Death Knights or Monks or any new classes. They just they yeah. don't want to balance them in addition to the ones they have. Yeah. I mean, it's not... Hearthstone doesn't have to reflect World of Warcraft. They have their classes just because WoW adds a class doesn't mean Hearthstone needs to. They might, but I recall them saying they won't or have no plans to right now. Right now being like a year or two ago. So. Okay, but what about the other part of the question? Like, are other hero, alternate heroes you'd like to see added? Other heroes? Um, the thing with Hearthstone is it likes to... It's not. It doesn't really care about current Warcraft lore. It pulls from early World of Warcraft primarily. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't. It was so long ago. I don't remember who was in WoW that long ago. I want to see a warrior hero. I want to see Anduin Lothar as a warrior hero because why not? That. Yeah, why not? Because I for the for the warrior when they first announced they were doing like new hero classes, I, I expected Varian for here for the warrior. But no, they went with Magni, and yeah, Magni was the warrior guy in, like, 2004, 2005. Varian didn't come in till 2008, 
So when they're looking at these things, they're probably pulling from that very early Warcraft history. I, I'm, see, I think they're just pulling across everything because Garrosh is not that old a character, and the Garrosh they used was definitely Cataclysm. Yeah. Garrosh. So I, but I mean, for, more for like the new content they add, like the expansion Goblins versus Gnomes. Like that was the thing. Like Goblin and Gnomish uh, engineering was a thing in early WoW. Like nobody cares about that anymore. But then you have <laughs> Nax, which is pulling from. You know, like vanilla okay. Nax. Is okay. there anybody Black you want to see as a hero, Alex? I don't know. I told you this. I don't know. Okay, that's Apple fine. Cider Mage in the chat channel just had like an excellent point and said if they added a monk class, the monk should be um, a tiny. From... Did I just lose? Her. And just became a robot. Okay. Yeah. Did I? Yeah, yeah. it sounded like whatever the end of your sentence was, like. She was saying Taoshi, I thought. To Taoshi, you. yeah. Okay, she was saying Taoshi. From right. Shadow Pan. Am I still robotic? You're okay now. A little bit. Okay. But we're good. Sorry. But I, I think, if, if honestly, if just dream characters I would like to see in Hearthstone just because I like them so much and I want to see them. Uh, and I'm not kidding about this because they're. I think they are genuine Warcraft characters because of Aldemon. I want to see the Lost Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the only I more than adding new heroes, I want to get rid of Anduin as priest because who cares about that guy? Then add Zara Hex in, boom. But I don't think there's anybody else in the game who fits the kind of priest that that deck is. Like, there's Taronda, but oh, she Bishop, Benedictus. <gasps> yeah, Benedictus. He just but, stood there until he was a bad guy. Yeah, yeah but when he's a bad guy, he used the light. Yeah. He fought with the light. It was quite difficult to fight the light part of his fight. Why did I rhyme so much then? That's weird. I don't know, but that, that was, was pretty cool. It was like a little poem. It's quite in the difficult of the to fight the light part of his fight because he's quite evil. No, sorry. <sighs> yeah, I just Anduin is just so dull and uninspired. But they probably picked him because he's the only character in WoW who is a major character who actually uses the light. I mean, See, Velen, I would have liked Velen, but Velen's like a card now, he's isn't a legendary he? Card, yeah. yeah so that's the other problem with doing new heroes for for Hearthstone uh, is basically if you're a hero for Hearthstone, you're never going to get to be a legendary card, and vice versa. And a lot of these characters, I'd rather see as legendary cards than as a hero. You know, mm. just, you know what I mean? Like, I'd like to rather see. I feel kind of bad that they made Magni a hero because now we'll never get a weird Magni card where like, he turns into a diamond. <laughs> that would have been uh, a cool card too <laughs> yeah okay next one I believe is the last email but that's probably not going to stop us from going on quite a bit about it uh, after running some of the Time Walker dungeons I got into the slave pens and it got me wondering where did the Naga on Draenor slash Outland come from I have slaughtered my way through thousands of orcs, demons, Sabron, ogres, and bird people on Draenor, yet not a single Naga anywhere to be seen. Yet on Outland, we have the Naga and the Serpent oh. Shrine Caverns. Are we just, am I just missing something? Or did they show up after Draenor was destroyed? And if so, why? Sincerely, Niski. Niski of Proudmoor. Niski, they absolutely showed up after Draenor was destroyed. And if it, you played Warcraft 3, that's how. And now Anne's going to tell you about it. Yeah. Um, in, the, in, in Warcraft 3... Uh, there was a point where, well, Vash, Vash approached Kael'thas, and this was on, um, this was on Azeroth. She approached Kael'thas, but Vash was actually working with Illidan. Like, Illidan called on the Naga for help, 
and Vash agreed to help him and bring her people and help him. So she was one of the first of his allies. And then he, when they went to the Eastern Kingdoms, she went and she approached Kael'thas and kind of brought him into the equation. And once Illidana had confronted Arthas and lost, Vash and Kael'thas both took, they took Illidan back to Outland well, Draenor, Outland, it was kind of in between there. It had already been kind of wrecked. So that's where the Naga came from. They weren't original or native to Draenor at all. They just, they came across with the Blood Elves and the other people. Yep, the, uh, Naga, the Naga you fought in Serpent Shrine were definitely Illidan's followers. Yeah, because they, they, they were, were led not... by Vash. They yeah. they were, you know, Vash had like, Vash had plans for what water was left on Draenor, which yeah. was basically possess it. Like <laughs> that, that seemed to be her evil plot was just take it all, own it all, because yeah, she wants to be the water baron of Draenor. I don't know. The funny thing <laughs> is that Al- Alex's favorite uh, favorite zone in in WoW is Zangarmarsh, which is yeah. one of his favorites. And Zangarmarsh wouldn't exist if not for Vosh, because yeah. Vosh was draining the water out of the place at a fantastic rate. The only thing that was left of the original Zangar Sea that had gotten them taken out to Outland along with the rest of the continent when it got destroyed was that little like lake in the center where uh, the, the Serpent Shrine Caverns was. And yeah. Vosh is responsible for that. If it weren't for her and her Venaga, there'd still be a sea over that whole area and Alex wouldn't have gotten his favorite zone. Well, I mean, I, I suspect that when Draenor cracked into pieces, they spilled some of the water. Yeah, but you notice that a lot of the, it doesn't seem to matter on, on Outland. There's well, I mean, they can lose you have their to look at the fact day. that you can you can fall off one end of Zangarmarsh, like just yeah. fall off into the void. So I'm assuming that part of the water at least went over the edge when it shattered oh, yeah. and everything. Well, but Vosh claimed a lot funny, of it. The funny thing about water on Dra- on Outland is Outland should be completely gone with its water now because it's not a closed system. Yeah. The things can leave and go into the void and never be seen again. They can go off in the twisting nether and you never see them again. Draenor should become arid because that's not how closed systems work. If you had the earth, but there's a giant funnel in the ocean that leads into outer space and sprays our water into space, earth would dry out. We would all die. <laughs> so Here's the thing in Outland. There yeah. are floating islands yeah. that have continuous waterfalls. Yeah. Down. <laughs> yeah. Where does that nothing. come from? That's the thing. Outland yeah. doesn't doesn't function the way you'd expect. I half suspect that the elementals of Outland are bringing in new material. That's the only thing that makes sense. But this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. This is just me blue skying for a possible tinfoil hat somewhere down the road. But it's actually really interesting to think about the fact that not just is the Naga on Outland outsiders. There's a lot of outsiders on Outland now. The demons of the Illidari are all obviously outside from, you know, they're not from the world. The Burning Legion has its own demons there. They're not from the place. The Horde and Alliance show up and bring, like, you know, all sorts of new people who settle. I mean, there's like, what's the name of that that Alliance village in uh, Terracar? Wildrunner? Yeah, Wildrunner. The Wildrunner stronghold, that's completely full of high elves. It might be the largest high elf village left. Isn't it Windrunner? Windrunner, you're right. I think I said Windrunner, didn't I? No, you Wild, said Wildrunner. Okay, Windrunner. Wild, okay. <laughs> the Windrunner, the Windrunner uh, Sanctuary is literally, it's one of the larger high, night elf towns, high elf towns left. Because the, all the ones back on Azeroth seem to be gone. Like, there's one left. I, I, they lost one of their lodges, the big one. Didn't they? Like, they had Quelthalon Lodge, and they had the lodge up in the uh, Plaguelands, and the lodge in the Plaguelands is gone. Yeah. So they've got that. The only lodges they have left are the one that's like kind of close to Dwarfy Town. Um, it's in Dunmoreau. 
And then they've got the one that's, you know, they've got two left. That's it. And then they have the Wild Runner, the I want to say Wild Runner, it's the Wind Runner, the Wind Runner Sanctuary in uh in Outland. That might be the biggest high elf town left. It's really fascinating that if anything, the place has become this weird sort of crossroads. Like the biggest settlements in in um Hellfire are both outsider settlements. Yeah. Honor Hold and uh, I want to say, I don't have, I can't remember what the Trollmar. Trollmar. Thank you. I can never remember the name of that one, but that's just like <laughs> fascinating to me to think about the fact that Outland is sort of doing better for outsiders than it is for the natives that used to live there. I mean, that's, Alarian that's one of the things I really like being about. told. Alarian, thank you. Alarian stronghold. Hmm. I mean, that's the thing. That one of the things I really liked about Outland, as opposed to Drainer, is Outland had people from Azeroth. It had people from Drainer, but Ethereals. it also had like the Ethereals who just came yeah. from you know somewhere else. It's like. We're come to, we came to this weird Karesh. planet to do whatever. They were from, they were from Karesh, yes. Yeah, and their, their world actually got destroyed. But they the showed up. Legion they showed up. They're like, this... "Wow, this place has a bunch of crazy stuff going down. We could probably do business with every single last one of you. So we're just going to stay put." And they did. And I love the Ethereals. I really and do. With Shatrath, like Shatrath, like it had the reference. I think of like the, the World's End Tavern. Like, yeah, all of these different people from all over the universe came to Outland because it was just this mess of it people. It was like the restaurant things. at the end of the universe. It was fantastic. I yeah. Love End Tavern. I mean, yeah, that's, I, that's I think what I Dren- loved. Draenor isn't that because Draenor isn't never intended to be that. Like the, the Draenor yeah. that we're going to isn't, we, we really need to do an expansion in my opinion. And I don't think we'll ever get it because I want it. So it'll probably never happen, but I want the expansion where we go out into the, vo- into the, the, you know, the great dark beyond and we explore. And maybe we go to Zoroth, and maybe we go to some world you never heard of. You know, I'd love yeah. to see. You know, like go to see. Well, these we've worlds. established time travel. Let's go back to Karish, like before it got eaten. <laughs> Let's see no, what the Ethereals look like before they got vaporized, because that's probably would just fun. Be, here's another zone of green no, grass and here, white no, clouds. Don't, don't, and do don't do it as a don't do it as an expansion. Just do it as. Uh, a dungeon where you you know I want to see it like one of the things they never did with they do they have time walking now one of the things they never did with the, with the, with the, you know the the caverns that I always wanted them to do they didn't do enough of getting to see pivotal events in history play out yeah that's why I liked I really did like when they brought in the one in Cataclysm the Well of Eternity because at least you got to see the events play out the Well of Eternity stuff I I. There's not I don't think there's a single zone in the caverns of time that I didn't really like because it was they all highlighted those moments from history from like earlier games and things like that or from the novels and things like that that you didn't necessarily see or have any experience with and the well of eternity ah oh, that one was fantastic I you loved really that one where you got hey, that What were we talking about to begin with and did we ever finish answering the question we uh, asked we the were question about Naga. why why Naga came to Outland and yeah, we, we covered it. answered that. Okay. Yeah. So now we're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing though is when you're talking about um, the Well of Eternity, one of the things, the little touch that I loved, absolutely loved, is it used similar architecture to Darnassus, but they painted it. Yeah. And that's so interesting because that's something that we actually have in real life archaeology. Is mm-hmm. people go to the Parthenon every year. They go to the Parthenon like, oh, look at the marbles, look at the, the columns. And what they don't realize is that stuff was all painted. Yeah, it's not colored anymore. They didn't just the leave it worn off. <laughs> yeah, they didn't just leave it white. 
Uh, and they didn't, they also had a whole lot of statues they don't currently have because the Greeks stole them. That, I mean, they, the British stole them from the Greeks. So that's a different thing. But yeah, they painted all that stuff. And that was all I loved. I loved that little touch in Well of Eternity. I'd love to see more. I would love to do a Well of Eternity type, you know, a dungeon, a dungeon, for, you know, Caverns of Time dungeon where we go to Koresh just before it blows up. As so it, and we, you can't you can't save it. You just experience it. We we should probably touch on because we said we were going to touch on um, the interviews that came out like over the last weekend and the whole news about six point two. Yes, sure. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Since, since we're pretty much done, yeah, uh, we'll let Ann go ahead and hit us. Oh well, all I know is that wow. a bunch of interviews came out. A bunch of interviews came out with various fan sites over the weekend, and in one of them, it was very explicitly said that six point two is that's the last raid of this expansion. That's yeah. This is it. We were told, um, I the exact quote. Um, the one I remember reading was I think it was from Corey Stockton, yeah. basically saying that this is you know that that Hellfire Citadel is the is the basic you know pinnacle of where the players were going with Warlords of Draenor. This is yep. This is the end of the road. So to yep. speak. Hellfire Citadel's last raid, and they expect Tanon Jungle to last players until the next expansion. Yep. That doesn't mean it's time to panic. That doesn't mean we're looking at another content drought. It might mean that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. It depends entirely on when we're going to get the next expansion. Uh, I don't know when they're going to <sighs> announce it, and I don't think anyone does. It's Usually their pattern is to announce at the next BlizzCon, which is in November. If which that's the case, which is crazy, if they wait that long. If they wait that long, then they better have an expansion ready to go. Like it can't be a the next expansion is, and you'll see you next year. No, it needs to be the next expansion is. Here's the beta. Yeah, you know, because I mean, if if that were the case, if this expansion, if, if if this patch is meant to last from say June, which is when it came out, to November, that's not too long. That's yeah. not terrible. That's Games five months in August. Yeah, Gamescom is in August. Ordinarily, they don't do expansion reveals at Gamescom, but I honestly feel like they have to do something at Gamescom this year. I don't know how Alex or Ann feel about it. My feeling on no, it is No, I, I agree to- on that. Um, if they wait till November and they don't start a beta till sometime after November, um, we're going to have problems. But I think Gamescom makes sense. They've done stuff at Gamescom before. They yeah. have a lot more IPs now. I mean, yeah. they have Overwatch now, they have Heroes now, they have Hearthstone now. They never had any of those things before. And the thing is, can is that, you put the major announcement for all of those titles at BlizzCon? Yeah. yeah. I, plus, I mean, if you do the announcement at Gamescom, it doesn't mean you can't use... One of the problems they've had in the past, and this really was the problem when they were going to announce Warlords. I think we can talk about this now. It's been long enough. We all knew what Warlords was going to be before it was announced. Yep. There were some pretty big leaks. Uh, trying to keep the announcements quiet for as long as Blizzard has in the past has not really worked out for them. No. Uh, and I think getting out in front of that and just doing an announcement sooner rather than later will work in their benefit. People will be like, what? Oh my god. And then going into BlizzCon, they will want to hear more about the game. And then they can just spend BlizzCon actually like talking Talk about, about. The, all, all of the stuff that's, you know, kind of go over. The thing is, is if they announce it at Gamescom and don't really like go into any huge details or anything like that, then they have the period of Gamescom is in August, I believe. Yes. Yeah. 
Is it yep. August? Okay, so they have August through November to look at what the community response is, what the common questions seem to be from people, and address those directly at Blizz. Like, they can gather all of that stuff and go, okay, here's the points that we really need to talk about, because these are the things that people are really asking about, and kind of tailor what they're presenting at BlizzCon a little more towards what people really want to see. Yeah, one, of the um, things, um, one of the things Alex, and both Alex and Ann have said in the past, and Alex said today, is that in the interviews, um, I think it was made pretty clear that they changed directions in the middle of yeah. design in this expansion. Which is pretty much what I've been saying. <laughs> yep. it, and it feels like they did. And, and If think- they're going to do that kind of thing, if they're going to make changes for whatever reason, having that time before BlizzCon to look at what they're doing can only be helpful. Um, I mean, consider they said, you know, in 100% seriousness... Grom Hellscream was the end boss of Warlords, and then he wasn't. He was fully intended to be, I think. And then they were like, oh, nobody actually cares about that. We have to come up with something else. I think I just, I, I honestly, I don't know. It just kind of weirds me out because Blizzard, Blizzard is a company, like from World of Warcraft, from all of their games, like every single game that they put out, right? They've made sure that it's ridiculously polished by the time it hits the shelves and it's out the door. Story has never been, though. Oh yeah, Never. but they've always they've always had like a specific direction they were going. I don't think that they've ever changed anything this major just like at the drop of a hat before. And I don't think that it works unless you've got that. I mean, the only way that I could see that functioning is if they wrote the story and went, "Okay, here's a choose your own adventure. We could go this route, this route or this route." Right? And then well, I mean, pick I one, the and problem... if they want to change, shift to one of the other ones, but one of the other ones that already has some kind of justification. The problem that I have right now is that, yes, I did want Grom Hellscream to live. Now, I did say this. I said this in a Know Your Lore, right? I did. I, I, I wanted him to live because I thought that he could be that hero that Garrosh never was, that Garrosh wanted to be, but never could be, and Garrosh kind of was the impetus of that happening. That's cool. I like that idea. I like that thought. But it's executed so poorly here that it's like, well, where's 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 the moment where Grom realizes this? Like, where's the moment? Where's the moment where he talks to people about you know a lot? Is this all in Hellfire? Have we just not seen this yet? I don't understand. I mean, you know my, what I mean? My, my problem yeah. continues to be kind of the orc thing, right? Yeah. We, everybody was like, we are tired of orc stories and orc I'm not heroes and orc villains. Stop saying everybody. I'm going to say everybody because I want to. Everybody, everybody was saying this. Absolutely I mean, 100% of the population, oh. including Matthew Rossi, <laughs> not, um, was tired of the orc way. thing. And then we had Ms. Pandaria, which ended up coming back to Grom in Thrall. And we were all, people were already exhausted by this. And they're like, okay, we're doing World of Drainer. And people were like, oh, are you are you serious? Like, they I felt that beat. way. Like, I don't want to do this. They seriously, they needed a beat in between. They needed to let Garrosh pull his little master escape plan, whatever, with the novel at the end of Miss. And then turn and around and go a different direction. Turn around honestly, and do a different I mean, expansion. Spoiler, and let- spoiler alert, everybody. We're at the end of the show. I'm going to give a spoiler for the end of Hellfire Citadel. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to spoil it. And then Gul'dan isn't even dead at the end of this. So we have potentially another orc villain looming on the horizon that we have okay. to deal with. Maybe let's, next let's, expansion, maybe not. Let's let's not 
at this point, though, seriously, nobody thinks of Gul'dan as an orc villain. Um, I don't actually... Uh, well, okay. So, you know, how far do we want to get in? If we're spoiling the cinematic, do we want to talk about the cinematic if we're spoiling the cinematic? It's, how much time do we have? Because it's getting pretty close we to have, the here. I don't think we have any time. But honestly, even if people don't think of Gul'dan as an orc villain, it's clear that they aren't even trying to like go far away from orcs to find their stories. Okay, uh, but... And go go as fast as you can. I'll, I'll try. Okay, I'll try fast as I can. Fast. The end of the the end of the expansion cinematic. The one that was data mined. The one that we were talking about because there's spoilers. Cadgar looks down and he sees Goldon's staff, and Goldon's staff disappears from existence. It doesn't just like it. It disappears. It disappears in green glittery goo. And to me, that indicates that Goldon is no longer an orc. He is officially one with the Burning Legion now, and we're looking at a demon. I don't care. Okay. Gul'dan was born an orc. He hung out with all these warlords. They didn't have to go far to find Gul'dan to make a story about Gul'dan. Yeah. They, they're, they're staying in the orc. Here's, here's my terror. Here, here's my terror, and then we can, we'll have to end the show. But here's what I'm terrified of. That somehow Gul'dan is going to get a Ner'zhul treatment. He's going to get plunged on his burning throne into Pandaria on uh, alternate Azeroth. No! Yeah, that's my terror. I'm not saying I want this. I I'm don't saying want Lich what... King Part 2. Thank yeah. you. We don't need that's, it. That's what I'm afraid is going to happen. Or maybe not even exactly that, but that Gul'dan's going to pop up and be the next bad guy in that kind of fashion. Where he'll get merged with somebody and it'll be all I weird. want a beat. I want a beat in this expansion. I want this upcoming expansion to have nothing to do with orcs or orc villains whatsoever i want a beat i want a story beat where we're not looking at orcs for once here's my fear we just within the last few weeks we had those terrifying confusing tweets where say the burning legion transcends realities and timelines and you can't die unless you die in the nether so Mm -hmm. gul'dan gets sent to the nether he's going to show up in another timeline doing gul'dan things and we have to go time traveling again to continue chasing gul'dan through time the end. Okay. I'm tired At this of point, time yeah. travel. That's the end of the show. Everybody, <laughs> everyone's afraid we're going to time travel to fight the Lich King Gul'dan. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, if you have a podcast question, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, Alex is going to pimp our, Twitter, our Patreon now because it really yes. needs to be. Um, if you want to support our show and our site and everything we do, you can do so at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And if you have any questions for the podcast, you can ask them on our Patreon if you are a patron. And also, if you support us, you're probably listening to this live show before it's on our iTunes feed because we put the raw recording, including pre-show and post-show, on Patreon. Thanks! That means you guys get to hear all about my problems. Hooray! <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks for you know helping us do the show and making everything possible. Us, uh, the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm Matt uh, and Alex. Say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.